as I was uh, preparing tonight, I was thinking after this weekend, I don't say anything unless God tells me what to say. (laughs) I don't do anything. And every time tonight as I was praying and and getting ready, he just brought me back to uh, 1 Corinthians 13 about love. Because, you know, we were hearing about the fruit, weren't we, this morning? But it's interesting when you look at love in 1 Corinthians 13, all the fruit of the Spirit is included in love. I don't, I've heard it said how um, the fruit of the Spirit is like a sandwich. You have love at the beginning, you have self-control at the end, and everything else is in the middle. And love encompasses everything. God's compassion for us is very real. You know, tonight... Maybe you felt that touch of love, that compassion he has for you. But God wants you to reveal his love and his compassion to others. He wants you to take that to the world. You know, the um, Greek word for fruit in Galatians, when it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, the Greek word means plucked as plucked and you can't you can't pluck your own fruit you think about a fruit tree an apple tree an apple tree can't pluck its own apples somebody has to come along and pluck that fruit so all the fruit that you bear that is there for somebody else it's not for you it's for somebody else and we heard a lot, if you were here at the, uh, the teaching weekend, when we were looking at John, John 15, 9 to 10, it says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. There is a, there's a command, isn't there, to remain in love, to remain with him, to, to stay close by with God. And we're just going to look at love. We're just going to look at uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Because this not only shows us how we should be, how we should love, but it shows us about God and God's love for us. His love, his compassion, his heart 
for each one of us is so immense. And I think sometimes we don't realize how vast his love is for us. We get caught up in situations and circumstances that are going on, things that surround us, and we don't realize how amazing his love is for us. You know, compassion, compassion is an active word. Compassion actually means to suffer with, is to have a heart for. You know, love, sometimes we can think of love as, um, you know, a little bit romantic, don't we? And it's nice to feel loved and wanted and cared for. But compassion means to suffer with. So when there are things going on in our lives, he, he suffers with us. Because he wants to see us walking in victory. He wants, to, he wants us to receive those answers. You know, when we're rejected, he feels rejected. You know, when we're hurt, he feels hurt because he has compassion for us. But that's how we are to love others. We are to look with those eyes of love and compassion. And we need to ask God to break us for people. To see people saved, to see people set free. So that we suffer with them, that we have compassion. But it says in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.14, it says love compels us. Love compels us to reach out. Love compels us to reach out to others. God's love within us compels us. It should throw us out of here. You know, like a rocket. To reach out to others. It's the whole, not I, but Christ. Are you living your life? Or are you living his life? Are you doing what you want to do? Or are you doing what he wants you to do? Because his love should compel you and drive you. It says at the beginning of 1 Corinthians 13, it says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have no love, I am nothing. 
If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. There are people out there in the world who are doing lots of good deeds. But they don't have love. They don't have God. They have God's love in them. If we don't do things in his love, then we just make a loud noise. And he wants us to love in the same way that he has loved us. But I want you to see the, the different fruits of the Spirit that is in this passage. Love is patient. Patience speaks of time and sacrifice. How much time does God have for you? He has loads. He has the whole of eternity for you. He has the whole of eternity for you. It speaks of sacrifice. Well, he died for you. Patience. What will you do for someone? How much time have you got for someone? What are you prepared to sacrifice to see one person come into the kingdom? What are you prepared to do? How patient are you? Now, maybe you remember when you weren't saved. Someone prayed for you. Someone might have spent hours talking to you and waiting for you to make that decision. You know, it's fantastic when you hear these stories of especially mighty women of prayer who pray for their families for years and years and years and finally... They see everybody brought through to salvation. It's always women, actually. I'm not saying that men don't pray. But it's an amazing patience because love is compelling them. It's part of love. Patience. You know, I love what was said this morning. You can't say uh, that you've got loads of patience, but you've got no self-control, because actually if you've got the fruit of the Spirit, it's all one fruit, just with the nine. It's all there within you. So you can tell, I'm just thinking it all through at the moment. It says in Ephesians 4, verse 2 to 3, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. You know, there are so many times when you look at the Scriptures, 
the fruits, they go together. You don't find scriptures that are just about one fruit. Occasionally you do, but here again you've got gentleness, patience, love, peace, all in, in the two scriptures together there. Always goes together because it's all one fruit. So love is patient, love is kind. Kindness, that's a fruit of the Spirit too. And uh, kindness is a very active word. Uh, the Greek, uh, um, it means usefulness. Usefulness. And it talks about excellence in character. So how useful are you? You know, some of you may remember I did this in a women's meeting and I gave everybody a wooden spoon <laughs> to remind them about, this, about the fruit of kindness. It says uh, in Colossians 3, verses 12 to 14, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. It might be strange to say that God is useful but God is not a far-off God. He's not made of wood and stone that doesn't relate to us. He's a person who wants to have a relationship with you, who wants to whisper secrets into your ear, who wants to meet with you in the intimate places, who wants to walk with you. You know, I love that picture of Adam walking in the garden with God, you know. And that's what God wants to do with us, just walk with us and talk with us all day long if we will listen. You know, God's always speaking. The question is, are we listening But there is an excellence in character, isn't there? He's excellent. And he wants you to be excellent in character too. So that people see God. In your life. It says love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. I want to talk about gentleness for a little while. Gentleness. Or in the uh, King James, it says meekness. And the translation of that is humility. And 
we've already read a couple of scriptures to do with humility. You know, be from Ephesians 4, be completely humble and gentle. Well, that's be patient. Uh, where is it? Colossians 3.12 Therefore as God's chosen people holy and dearly loved clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility you know a humble person is not a proud person a humble person is able to say not I but Christ you know if you're a proud person you want to know you want people to know You know, you know, when we pray for people and you're giving testimonies, who does the glory go to? Does the glory go to you because you prayed or does the glory go to God because he answered the prayer? We have to think of our words sometimes and what we say and how we speak. Love is not proud. It is not rude. There's a gentleness. There's a gentleness to love. It says, rejoice in the Lord always and let your gentleness be seen. You know, sometimes we get so excited about things that happen we jump up and get excited and we get in people's faces because it is so exciting. But we don't know what's going on in their life. And sometimes we're so big and brash about it. There's not a gentleness. And not a seeing what's going on in somebody else's life. And sometimes we need to just back away slightly. It's great to be excited. Everybody who knows me knows I get excited about things. But there is a gentleness, too, that comes. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Let your gentleness be evident to all. It says, um, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. You know, self-control is an amazing fruit of the Spirit. And it's a great fruit to confess. I have the spirit of self-control. I have the fruit of self-control. Today, as we were hearing, today, now. (laughs) You know, you can't say, I've got love, but I don't have self-control. Because... God lives in you. Love lives in you. So self-control is in you. It's a question of whether you are going to draw from that well of salvation within you and draw that self-control. Self-control, the translation is strong in a thing. Strong in something. 
And the root word it comes from is power and strength. So self-control is not uh, trying to contain you. It's actually a strength. Because it enables you to walk in purity and in the love, in God's love. It's a strength. It's not easily angered. You know, when things go wrong, are you full of self-control or do you get angry? Do you get emotional and turn on the tears? Because that's not self-control. Can we smile? You know, there are times when we have to draw on that strength. But this is where they all work together. You know, it says, uh, this is from Peter, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is short-sighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. You know, I was asking, you know, <laughs> Dad said he colored those things which he didn't like in blue in his Bible. And I said to him, well, blue is what I use for God. <laughs> Everybody does different things, doesn't he? But that part, that's a bit that would be in blue in his Bible. But if anyone does not have them, he is short-sighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Do you want to be short-sighted and blind? I don't think so. So we need to make sure self-control is part of our life. Okay, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. And we've already had a word come out about peace. Peace. You know, the Greek word translated is prosperity. It means one. Peace, quietness, rest. Set at one again. Every part of your life totally at peace. Every single part of your life at peace. Peace in every area, in all your relationships. Yes, in your finances, but in your body, in every part of your life. It's interesting, often when I'm praying with people for healing, God gets me to pray for peace. Because there is something wrong in the body and God wants to bring that total healing, that oneness, 
that rest to the body. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. That's James three seventeen to 18. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. I don't know about you, but I want that fruit to flow from my life because I want to see a harvest come in. A harvest of righteousness. People living for God. A city changed. A nation changed. Your workplace changed. What an amazing quality to have, to be a peacemaker in a situation. To bring righteousness, that harvest of righteousness, wherever you are. If you're prepared to be a peacemaker in that situation. When you're at work, how much do you pray for peace? Do you lose that spirit of peace in your place of work? Does your life exude peace? It keeps no record of wrongs. A love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It says, Philippians 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Love does not delight in evil. You know, the enemy wants us to dwell on the things that are wrong. You know, delighting in evil is not just uh, delighting in the things that aren't right. But if you dwell on those things, you're giving them space in your life. You're giving them room. And God doesn't want us to do that. He doesn't want us to, to dwell on things. But to pray. You know, sometimes we're not quick enough to pray, actually. When we see things that aren't right. You know, maybe your neighbors are having an argument next door. Well, you've got a choice. Are you going to go, oh, they're arguing again? Or are you going to reach out your hand and are you going to pray for peace? 
and pray for salvation. You know, if we always, we, when we see an accident, when we're driving in a car, we always pray. You know, we don't wind our windows down and have a look to see what happened. We go, Father, we just pray for those people now that you will put Christians around them. We speak life. Because you just don't know. But there's a difference between thinking and praying. And sometimes we think too much about situations and we don't actually pray to see God's peace come. We need to rejoice in all circumstances, whatever is going on in our life. Because he's always worthy of praise. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's Romans 15.13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. See, joy and peace, fruits go together. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, you start rejoicing and you will start overflowing with hope. Because your eyes are not on the circumstances anymore. Your eyes are on him. And he accomplishes and does so much for us. But we need to lift our eyes off of ourselves so that hope, the hope, the certain hope is released. James 1 verse 2 to 3, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Ooh, we don't like that, do we? But we need to be joyful no matter what we're facing because God is bigger than whatever it is that we're facing. And it teaches us to persevere. Okay, love. Let's go back to love. Love, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes. Goodness. Goodness, goodness, the word goodness means virtue. Virtue. There's a purity to the word goodness. And Ephesians 5, 8 to 10 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Yeah. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. You are light in the Lord. So live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. You were once darkness, but now you are light. You know, there's that purity, that virtue, that goodness. 
You know, sometimes we think that excellent is a better word than good, goodness because we have these tick things that say, you know, poor, you know, average, good, excellent. But no, it doesn't mean that in the Bible. Goodness is about virtue. It's about purity. It's different than excellence. There's something wholesome about goodness. He's a good, good God to us. A good God to us. And it says love always perseveres. Love never fails. Faithfulness. And the the Greek word again, it means agree. Staying sure. Belief. Matthew 25, 21, his master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. It says in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. You know, God always proves himself faithful. He always proves himself faithful. Always proves himself faithful. And that love lives in you. The gift of faithfulness lives in you. That fruit, faithfulness, is in you. Love is in you. Are you faithful? Are you sure? Can you be trusted? You know, all these things, none of these things we can do in our own strength. We can try. But we won't succeed. Because all of these things we have in Christ. All of these things we have in Christ. You know, the minimum deposit that Christ has put in you is everything. All of him. Sometimes it's a bit weird to think, isn't it, that he's in you. He's in you, everything, all of him. All this amazing love. This is how he thinks of you. He's patient towards you. He's kind to you. He does you good. He protects you. He never fails you. Never fails you. The fruit of the Spirit, all this fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, it's all within 
you. Let's just stand. Can we stand? I know it's a very direct word tonight. But you know, sometimes we have to be really real. And I believe that God, God wants us to be real and honest with him tonight. And honest about where we've lacked. We haven't relied on him. We haven't drawn on the fruit that's within us. You know, we have so much to accomplish and do for him. And the time is so short. And he wants us to reach out with his love, with his compassion. And that means that we have to let things that get in the way fall to the side. And we have to be real and look at what love is and understand how amazingly and incredible his love is for us. How he wants us to love others too. But in his strength. It's him working through you. It's his love working through you. But we let our flesh life get in the way. Instead of drawing from those wells of salvation. It talks in Isaiah 12, verse 3, about drawing from the wells of salvation. You know, salvation is an ongoing process in our lives. And when you think in England, in England we think about a wishing well with a a little bucket that you wind down and maybe you'll find some water at the bottom to bring up. But in Bible times, that's not what the wells were like. They were open, big wells. And you could go up to it with a great big um, container and scoop up what you need. That's what drawing from the wells of salvation is. It's there in you. I'm just going to go through the fruit now. And I want you to be really honest with God. Not, um, we're not navel-gazing here and finding things that aren't there. But really, be really honest with God. And if there is something that you lack, you know you need more of, that you, you need to draw on, you need to declare and speak in your life, then you take a great big container prophetically or in picture it and you scoop up that fruit. So patience, speaking of time and sacrifice, maybe you finish people's sentences because you can't wait for them to stop talking 
Maybe you want people to hurry up because you want to go and get on with what you're doing. And God's saying, stop. If you go too fast, you're going to miss those opportunities. You need to be patient. You need to be patient. Maybe there's that one person that nobody has any time for at your workplace. And God's saying, stop, you have the words for that person. Maybe nobody understands their jokes. Maybe they haven't got good people skills. Maybe they've got bad BO. How much do you love that person? How much patience have you got? What is God saying to you? Well, if you need patience, you just take that container and you scoop up patience. You say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me because I know you've been telling me to to stop. You've been telling me to speak to someone and I've been busy with my life and I need to stop. Uh, Lord, I just scoop it up. You know, the thing about fruit, remember, a fruit is to be plucked by other people. And God matures our fruit by putting us in testing situations. You know, it's in you. The fruit grows in you. Remember, it's there, it's in you. Kindness. That's usefulness. How useful are you? Are you excellent in character? Are you full of compassion? Are you reaching out to others? Are there things that you can do and you've been saying... I don't want to do them. And God keeps saying, yeah, but I want you to do them. Sometimes it's easier than we think. What about gentleness? How gentle are you? How humble are you? Do you want everybody to know what you've accomplished, what you've done for God? Is it all about you? Are you prepared to do things in secret and only God knows what you're doing? Are you prepared to do those things that nobody else wants to do?
Are you prepared to serve? And to serve? And to keep on serving? Lord, help me to be gentle. Will you scoop up that gentleness? Thank you, Lord. Self-control. You need to ask, you need to repent of anger or emotionalism, getting over emotional, manipulation, you know, tears. They can be used to manipulate instead of saying, I've got the spirit of self-control living within me. What about peace? Do you need peace in your life? Are you prepared to be a peacemaker? Are there situations going on around you and you know somebody needs to step in, but you're holding back and God is just prompting you and going, no, I want you to step in. Because if you're prepared to do that, you're going to see a harvest of righteousness. Be a peacemaker. Be the first one. Even if somebody else has wronged you, you be the one to go and seek peace. And you'll be amazed at what God does when you come in humility. Thank you, Father. Joy. Do you need a release of joy in your life? Well, you have it. You have joy. You know, sometimes the enemy puts a spirit of despair on us, a spirit of heaviness, and we have to shake that heaviness off. And we need to say, no. Spirit of heaviness, you go. Spirit of despair, you go. Because God has given me a spirit of joy. And I choose to rejoice. I choose to dance. I choose to sing. I choose to laugh. We have to be active with our faith. Goodness. Are you virtuous? Are you full of virtue? What do people see? Do you laugh at coarse jokes? I have a feeling that God's going to start really talking to us about purity in a greater measure. God wants his virtue to shine from our lives, that there is goodness, that we are good people, that people say you're a good person, not just a nice person, but a good person. 
because goodness exudes from you. You know, it's a quality we don't see much of, goodness. But it's a fruit of the Spirit. And God wants his virtue to shine. That purity. Mm, a sincerity. Faithfulness. Are you faithful? Are you faithful? Are you faithful to what you've said you'll do? Are you faithful to those around you? Are you faithful to your family? Are you faithful to your husband or wife? Are you faithful to your friends? Do you keep your word? Lord, I need your faithfulness. I need to draw from what you have placed within me. I need to draw more, mature, Lord, mature your fruit in me so that I bear more and more fruit, more and more fruit for others to pluck, for others to take, for others to taste and see that you are good. I want my life to glorify you. Your life, your love in me, shining out for all to see. Thank you, Lord, that I can do nothing apart from you. It's you in me. It's all of Christ in me. All of Christ in me. And Lord, I pray for every person now for a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit, a fresh anointing of your power, fresh anointing of your strength, a fresh anointing of your love, your love, your love, your love, Lord. Fill every person afresh today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And Father, I pray for every person that you give every person your compassion for those around them. Your compassion, Lord. Your compassion to reach out. It's your love that compels us. Just ask the Lord for his compassion now for those you work with, those you're at college with, those that you see every day. Just begin to pray in the Spirit and ask the Lord for his compassion. 